activate. Um, means to switch on, start up, start your engines, as they do it, say at the racetrack, or used to. Switch on, start up, make something active or operative. Make something active or operative. Um, this is what God wants you and I to do with our faith as believers. It uh, many times is implied by Christians, well-meaning, that God is going to do more for us than um, He really is, because there are certain things that God expects you and I to do. And this is one of those things that we are to refocus and look in, look at our faith, look what's been happening, and make sure that our faith is a central focus of our lives right now so that we activate it. Well, let's turn to or look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Uh, the Bible says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, is telling them and all that read this, that the God of this world is Satan. He has sway over this world, not totally, of course, but sway over this world to a great degree. He has sway over more people at this point than God does. He is influencing. He's in everything that has anything to do with stealing, killing, and destroying, division, chaos. He is there right in the midst of it. So Paul says, he's the God of this age. Now, why is that important? Because you and I as believers, and I've heard this through the years, people make misstatements about God and his part in their lives and the world around them. Uh, people say things like, well, uh, my son was in an accident and God took him. Now, I know what they mean, but for others around hearing that, uh, if they don't know Christ and understand, they're going to think that God had something to do setting up that accident or that this was his time so this was the chosen way an accident let me say something to you God does not kill people all right we're under the law of grace or under grace not under law so all the chaos all even the weather conditions Everything has changed since sin entered the perfect world that God created. The world that God created had no sickness. Adam and Eve would still be alive if sin had not entered the picture. Uh, the weather patterns of this world, uh, there would not have been uh, tornadoes ripping through the Garden of Eden, all right? It just wouldn't have happened. But once sin entered this world, this world was turned upside down. Uh, 
people's lives were turned outside down. People started actually dying. Uh, sickness invaded. In other words, God didn't have anything to do with this virus. Say amen. amen. Nothing to do with this virus. Now, you say, Pastor, did the devil create it? I don't know if he had anything to do with its uh, creation, but I do know this, that the enemy loves to kill, steal, and destroy. So anything he can use, he'll take advantage of. So what God is doing is trying to turn people to God. What the devil is trying to do is kill people and cause fear in people's lives. Well, here's another thing that I think we should address as believers because uh, even I have uh, fallen into, I believe, uh, um, uh, maybe even a trap in this phraseology. People say, well, I know that God uh, uh, didn't do it. He didn't put the cancer on the person, but God allowed it. And I have even used that phrase, God allowed it and tried to explain it to people so that they wouldn't uh, have their faith impacted. A lot of people in this city, their faith has become inactive, dormant, as a result of the fact they have attributed to God something that he had nothing to do with, some harm, some death, some disease, some disaster, even the insurance companies. They say if a, a hurricane comes through, it was an act of God. God has nothing to do with hurricanes that kill people and destroy people's lives. That's a good place to say amen there. It's a good place. He has nothing to do with it. So they say it's an act of God. Earthquakes, an act of God. No, God set this earth in perfect order. Sin marred it. Uh, things are happening right now in the world around us. And it's a result uh, of physical forces at, at work uh, or the results of sin. Uh, it's unimportant. We just know that God doesn't have anything to do with those kinds of things. Now, we're living under grace. Now, this, well, God allowed it phrase. Uh, let me put it to you like this. Well, God allowed it. He could have stopped it, people say. And, you know, he could have stopped it if he wanted to. So you try, you go to extra length to try to work them through that. But in that phraseology, saying it even implies that God is an accessory to what went on. In other words... If a policeman is standing in one of our major cities and uh, a person comes up with criminal intent and maybe the mayor has told the policeman, stand down. So a person comes up, not a peaceful demonstrator, but a criminal and breaks the glass, goes inside, takes what they want. If the policeman just stands there, uh, he has the power to stop that person, but he allows them to do what they're about to do. So the same thing as when people say, well, God allowed it. Uh, he could have stopped it, but he allowed it. And so people lose out, literally cause their faith uh, to become inactive. In other words, 
uh, through the years of being in ministry, I know people all over this city that used to serve God, be passionate about the things of God, and then something happened. Somebody died, something happened they didn't understand, and all of a sudden, they began to blame God instead of the right one who is the devil, the thief, uh, the destroyer, the one that kills, steals, and destroys. So they somehow or another can't get past the fact that God allowed it in their mind. So maybe as believers, we just stop saying that because then you got to explain your way out of it. So God has nothing to do with bad things. Say amen. All right. But it's all right. It's all right to ask questions when you don't understand. But here's the problem. Well, let me say, and we'll put it on the screen. Questions raised in the atmosphere of trust lead to revelation. In other words, if someone says, God, oh, Lord, I, this person I love, they're your mate, uh, uh, your husband, your wife, they, they pass uh, unexpectedly, suddenly, uh, and you're, you're filled with, with sorrow and, uh, and pain inside, and you say, God, I trust you. I love you with all my heart. God, I don't understand this. Lord, please, Lord, if it's your will, show me, Lord. Reveal to me what really is, is this all about, Lord. But regardless, whether I ever hear or understand, Lord, I'm going to trust you with all my heart. See, there's something better than understanding, and that is trusting God when you don't understand. It's better. It's not worth going to hell over a mystery. Well, faith comes first, then comes understanding. But let me back up because I missed this part because there are some people, they ask questions. Believers, they ask questions, but they ask it in the atmosphere of distrust. They're having a problem. They're, they've already accused God. And so God, you know, why did you let this happen? Why God? And so it's just an accusatory tone coming out of their mouth and from their heart. Instead of, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. And so they ask questions in the atmosphere of mistrust, which leads to unbelief. It's been shocking to me. In the last couple years, there have been a couple of great musical artists that have come out, Christians that have come out and said, we just want to announce, we don't believe in God anymore. A part of me wants to say, look, first of all, if you're having problems with your faith, and obviously you are, just keep it to yourself, all right? Uh, don't be spreading that stuff around. But obviously they've asked questions or they've run into a challenge they don't understand, and they ask in disbelief or, or the atmosphere of mistrust and it leads to unbelief. Well, faith comes first. That's why we need to activate our faith. Then comes understanding. Let me give you a verse. Hebrews 11, verse 3. The Bible says, by what? 
by faith. Say it with me. Faith by faith. We understand the world was made out of nothing. Do you understand the world was made out of nothing? If you can understand that by faith, brother, you can get through anything. Just think about it. There was nothing, and God created something. And we believe it. Why? Because faith resides in our lives. <laughs> Praise God. Faith comes first, then comes spiritual understanding. John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says, the thief, the liar, devil, Beelzebub, whatever you want to call him, the thief does not come. If he shows up, he's going to be killing, stealing, and destroying. He does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I've said it many times through the years. God's good, devil bad. God's good, devil bad. Say it with me. God's good, devil's bad. So when you see something, if it's good, God's good. If it's bad, devil, you're bad. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. The thief comes to steal your harvest or of everything God has prepared for your life. I said the thief has come to steal your harvest. Hey, uh, newsflash, the devil hates you, all right? So newsflash, the devil wants to kill you. Newsflash, he can't kill you, all right? So that's not, uh, that should be newsworthy. He comes to steal your joy and your peace. He comes to steal it. For some of you listening, he's stolen it. You don't have the joy you had at one time. You've gone through a lot. Maybe you lost your job. And it's one of those things, God, I don't understand this. I don't know what's going to happen, Lord. And uh, maybe other things. Maybe you've been in isolation because you're caring for somebody. Or you're in one of the groups that are the, is the most dangerous, they say, for going out. So maybe it's that. And, and you're feeling lonely. And you're feeling under the weight of this. Well, I pray today, stay with us because you're coming out of that by the Spirit of Almighty God. You're coming out of it. So he comes, the devil comes to steal your joy and peace. Let me go ahead and say, you activate your faith, you live in faith, you focus on faith, you stay in the Word, you can stay in isolation for years and still have joy. But the devil comes to steal your joy and your peace, to sift you as wheat like he did Peter that's simply a metaphor for a trial of faith, the sifting of wheat. Uh, the, he comes to distract you from pursuing God-given destiny. He comes to prevent you from living a life of faith. I think the devil has really patted himself on the back here lately, but God is up to something. He loses. He is defeated already. God is not responsible or the author of bad things going on around us. He did not create this virus. God, the Bible says in Hebrews, God is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the author of your faith, and he's going to be the finisher of your faith. But you got to play a part. you got to activate it. 
you got to refocus. you got to focus in. you got to realize, dear God, I've allowed distractions. I've allowed things in this world to hinder me. See, God wants all of us walking in faith. This world is a mess. This is a time to be praying the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, in heaven, the will of God is totally done. Here on earth, not so much. Why? Because there's a, a, a fake God that's running around, influencing people's lives uh, and creating chaos. Ephesians chapter 6. Paul says, above all, in the midst of all these spiritual battles, Paul says, above all, take the shield of faith. Take it, he says, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Let me see if I can get this out. Uh, this shield... Boy, this is pretty solid, and it's a little heavy. Um, but I'm tough enough to manage. All right, yes. All right, so anyway, he says, above all, take the shield of faith. Activate your faith. Don't lay your shield down. Don't uh, pay any, don't not pay any attention to your shield of faith. Pick it up. Why? Even though it's a piece of defensive armor, it speaks of you're in a battle and the devil is shooting fiery darts at your life. There, here comes a temptation right there. I got it. All right. So anyway, all right. So here comes a lie. Got it. Here comes a unbelief. Got it. See, here's what happens when the devil shoots the fiery darts of disbelief and fear. Oh, here's fear. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Fear. I got that one too. I'm not going to fear. No. When, uh, when this whole thing started and nobody knew hardly anything about what was going on and what it was going to do, whether a million were going to die or, or what the situation was, I said to Alice one day, I said, Alice, if this thing, I get it and it takes me out, I'm going to heaven. It's been a good life. Um, Man, you know, praise God, but it's not taking me out. And so I, I followed up with that positive note of faith like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were about to be thrown into the fiery furnace. They said, those three boys or men, those three men said, my God will protect us, but if he doesn't, we're still not bowing to your idol. They confess faith, but they said, even if it doesn't turn out, they said, even if it doesn't turn out like I want it to, I'm still not bowing to your idol. Oh, here we go. See, that's what happens. You don't pay attention. Your shield of faith will fall to the floor. You thought that wasn't on purpose. It wasn't. All right, so, and take the, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He says, take it, take it, take it, take it. Now, 
I get this thing, this sword so big. All right, powerful. The word of God is sharp and powerful. See, these two go together. You're in battle, you're watching for the arrows, you're watching for the darts. But then you got this, to thrust and destroy the kingdom of darkness. How do you do that? With your mouth, you're speaking truth in line with the word of God. Or the word of God, you're speaking truth. You're doing damage to the kingdom of darkness. And that is God's purpose for our lives, to do damage to the kingdom of darkness. How? By bringing people out of that darkness into God's glorious light. So, these two go together. See, if you're in a battle and all you've got is a shield of faith, no, you need the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. You can't have one without the other. They go together. All right, now, stay right there. Now, the faith and the word are connected. You can't separate them. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this. So then, faith comes so then, faith is activated by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You can't exercise faith without the Word. Your faith won't grow without the Word. When you were born again, you received a measure of faith. That doesn't mean that your faith was less than somebody else's. Let me just tell you right now, all of us when we got saved, we received the same faith. It was the same faith that Jesus had. Did you hear me? It was the same faith that Jesus had. He puts it in you. He expected you to grow it, exercise it, step out. Spirit leads you. Step out. Start reading the Word, desiring the sincere milk of the Word. You start practice, putting into practice the word, that faith in operation. But don't stop ever. Don't ever stop. Someone may say, oh, pray for me. My faith is weak. No. Faith is never weak. You've been weakly using your faith, all right? Or you haven't been using your faith at all. You've been allowing other things to diminish your faith as far as the operation of faith. And so you don't have weak faith. There's no such thing as weak faith. So you've got to exercise it. Put it into action. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. God has dealt to each one, each believer, a measure of faith. There are those that say, hey, pastor, uh, uh, pray I have more faith. No. Uh, you, you, if you come to this altar and say, God, give me more faith, what do you think God's going to do? He says, okay, uh, let me, have this person not using theirs, let me go ahead and get some of theirs and bring it over here to you. I kind of shortchanged you to begin with, gave you just a little more than anybody else, so I'm sorry. No, he gave you the same measure of faith that he gave me, and so you grow your faith. You grow it. And doesn't matter if fear's coming at you. You grow it. 
when we started, before we started to build this building. We set the plans in motion. And it was like, dear God, I don't want to do this. This is a lot of money. I do not want to do this. And then we got a word from God that was, God wasn't concerned about the money. He was concerned about souls. And when I heard that word, I'm like, all right, God, if you're concerned about souls and you're not concerned about the money, that must mean you're going to supply the money because I'm concerned about the money. And so God helped me. And I came out here on this property one time and I said, God, I, we've either heard from you or I am crazy. And I personally think I'm crazy. But it was like God was saying, I got this. You just walk. You just walk. You just do. You keep going. You don't stop. You keep going. You walk this faith out. And it's amazing. It's amazing. We started raising money. It's amazing how much your faith will go as the money grows. All right? I mean, I'm just telling you. There are all kinds of things that will help grow your faith. But you've got to step out. You've got to get involved. You've got to refocus on your life. Number one, only Christians can have godly faith. Are you still with us at the campuses? Are you still with us there online? Only God can give faith, and only Christians can have it. Number two, Christians, Christ followers, have the same faith as Jesus. Well, it's unscriptural to say, God, give me more faith. No, he says, start activating, start exercising the faith you have. Now, the problem that's going on, not only affecting our church, but affecting churches all across this country, is during this last four months, we've been hit with so much change in such a short time that, uh, boy, it's like people are reeling from all that's going on. And uh, people are saying, you gotta get used to the new normal. And we're like, I don't want this new normal. And so we're, we're fighting against this. We're trying to process. We're trying to deal with the information. Probably one thing is we need to turn the news off, all right, and quit listening to the news as much as we are and turn on the, and turn on the Word. Now, let me just say, God is the only expert on this particular virus, all right? He's the only expert. I greatly appreciate doctors. There's a doctor that God used to save my life years ago. So I appreciate doctors. But I know that doctors themselves say they're practicing medicine. What do you mean you're practicing medicine? Uh, but they are. They're practicing medicine. There are times doctors say, look, we've done all we can do. Now, you know, I, it's out of our hands. In other words, if God intervenes, uh, okay, but we've done all we can do. Thank God for doctors. But they don't know everything. And there are experts on viruses. But let me just say, there are no experts yet on this virus. Why? Because they flip-flop. They're learning. They're trying to observe. They don't know everything about it. The most uh, astounded or prestigious one in the country recently said, this could mutate and spread even faster. 
It could or it couldn't, he says. So that means he's not an expert. He does not know. But when they've learned all they can learn, and I don't know how long it's going to take, uh, they'll be experts then, but they're not now. And so that in itself is causing some trauma emotionally in people's lives. Well, let's start walking in faith. Second Corinthians. Let me read this to you. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14. Oh, I love this. It says, now stay with me. But their minds were blinded. Their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains. Now, let's look in verse 16 where it says, we know from other scripture, the Bible says, there's blindness on unbelievers. There's a veil that blinds them to the truth. Verse 16, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord that has a veil over their mind, one turns to the Lord that has this veil, the veil is then taken away. In other words, look at this. A person, an unbeliever, has got a veil. They're blind to the truth. If they really understood the truth, they would run to Christ. But there's a veil. They're blinded. They believe things that are not true about God and you. And so they're blinded to it. But the Bible says the veil doesn't have to be lifted first for faith to come. No, when a person turns to God, then the veil is lifted. In other words, there have been people that have said, God, I don't know if you exist, but if you exist, come into my life. Bang, bango, faith comes into their life, and God changes them, and then the Bible says the veil is lifted off. Let me give you a personal example. Uh, almost now, it's almost been 20 years ago, uh, a sickness affected my kidneys, and the doctor says you should get ready for, uh, for dialysis. I walked out of that office, bless God, I'm not getting ready for dialysis. Uh, I got things to do. Uh, I come against that in Jesus' name. Uh, and uh, I didn't... I didn't get ready for dialysis. I didn't put it in my mind. I didn't entertain it. I didn't talk about it. It was uh, in one ear and out the other. And I lasted, God kept me for 18 years. Uh, it was 18 years later when finally, whatever reason, my kidneys failed. And I went on overnight dialysis. It was an emotional hurdle. But once I started doing it, I'd hook up at night, get up in the morning, unhook, go to work. Uh, it became no big deal for me. I know it's been a big, big deal for others physically, but by God's grace, being, being uh, in good health, I think greatly helped. But here's what happened. After about a year, dialysis cannot take out all toxins from your body. So they start building up. And after about a year, I said to Alice one day, I didn't even really want to say it. I said, you know what? It's like my mind is a little cloudy. Now, what was happening, 
all the toxins weren't being taken out. Those things that should have been eliminated by the kidneys, they weren't working. And so they were building up in my body and affecting my mind. And um, I was concerned that I would, would lose train of thought or it would affect me in ways uh, that I, I wasn't experiencing, but I was concerned about it. So that's why I told her. I wanted to see if she said, yeah, tell me, something's going on. And so I, I, but she said, oh, really? And acted like she hadn't noticed. So that was a good sign. But it was still cloudy at times. I, I couldn't, at times it was like, I, I could think, okay, but it was just a cloudy feeling. And then um, miraculously things came together. My niece, Michelle, offered to be a donor, kidney donor. And the day on a Wednesday, they put that kidney in my body. Um, hooked it up. And the next day, I think it was, the very next day, I said to Alice, because I realized it. It was so obvious that I realized it. I'm like, Alice, my mind is clearing up. I can feel it. I could sense it. It was becoming sharper and, uh, well, as sharp as it could be at the time. And so it was becoming sharper and clearer. And I literally could sense all the toxins being drained out of my body. I think that might be a picture of what's going on in the church world today. And those of you at the campuses, listen to me. Those of you at online, I think that what's happened is in the last four months, here comes a lie. Here comes fear. Here comes uh, disbelief. Uh, here comes anger. All kinds of things coming at us. And it's filling our minds with toxins, and it's like it's weighing us down. And if you don't pick up the shield of faith uh, to deal with it and activate your faith, it's going to affect you. Fear is contagious. Faith, though, is contagious. And I choose faith, bless God. You can influence people for fear, or you can influence them for faith. During this time, make sure if you're talking to others, you're not putting fear in them. You know, there's a reason the Bible is filled with but God, all right? There's a lot of things that happen, but God. Uh, there's a virus, but God needs to be added to the equation. So don't put fear in people's lives. I think this next video, stay with me a few more moments. I think this Next video. Now listen, don't flip out on me. Because this, this uh, video can really get to you at one point. Uh, especially you ladies. Um, some men too. Let's show the video. We're going to stop it and I'll talk about it and go on. Such a feeling's coming over me There is wonder in most everything I see not a cloud in the sky Got the sun in my eyes And I won't be surprised if it's a dream I'm on the top of the world This is the end Beautiful friend 
This is the end. I believe, all right? When I saw this, I thought, I think that's a picture of the way some Christians look right there. I mean, they're under the weight of all of this. Uh, I mean, they're about to, they feel like they're about to die emotionally, mentally. They're laid out, oh God. But today, I want you, if that's a picture of you, I want you to activate your faith. And this is what you do when you start activating your faith. Praise God forever. All right, you get the picture. Grab a hold and raise that faith level. Praise God. Don't stay under that burden. My, my wife and another, and Cheryl said, well, did he get out? I'm like, I don't know if he got out. He was, <laughs> it was just a cheese ad. How they made that fake rat, I have no idea. All right, so anyway, but if you're under some weight, you activate your faith. Bless God, power will come into your life uh, like you have not experienced so far. See, the devil loves what's going on. He wants Christians. Back in March, we had to close services here. And we, we're always going to look at everything positively. So we declared, the church has left the building. But let me say this. The church needs at one point to come back to fellowship, all right? And so for those of you that are on the fence, you need to listen to God and faith, not some other source. Listen to God. Those that love God, are followers of Christ, are led by the Spirit. You're led by the Spirit, not those other things. If you don't feel there's more people in this service, and, but there's still plenty of room to separate. But on Saturday night, there's like 300 or so people and 3,000 seeds for heaven's sakes. You can come then. You don't even have to hardly see anybody, much less touch them. And so you can slip in a little late, slip out a little, no, not too early, but uh, maybe a tad early. Then whatever makes you feel comfortable. But the devil's happy with closed churches. Oh, he's happy with California. Oh, he's very happy. Thrilled. I mean, he is filled with glee. They have shut the churches down. And you know what the language was? Their churches closed indefinitely. Who in the world came up with that? I got news for them. They will never be able to shut the church indefinitely. Never, ever. And so this is... This kind of thing is causing the enemy to just feel, be filled with glee. Out there, you, uh, you can't sing. Well, now you can't even go to church. My son-in-law and daughter who pastor in Toronto, Canada, they recently made a mandate up there. You, you can go 25% of your congregation or your church size. You can bring that many in. They added a service on Saturday night. And then they come down with a mandate, you can't sing in church. And I ask them, even with a mask on? Nope, can't even sing with a mask on. And so this morning, 
And last night, a lady gets up at a piano, didn't sing, just played. Either people sat there, I haven't heard, but I'm just believing a mighty move of God will happen in spite of what they're trying to do. He loves lawlessness. Oh, yes. He loves bad cops that kill innocent people that shouldn't have died. And he hates all the majority of all the good cops. He loves chaos. The enemy is loving what's going on. But God has a plan for a church to arise and activate their faith. Number three, only you can build your faith. I've done it probably too many times in my life. God, oh Lord, increase my faith. And God says, I've already given you faith. You increase it. I'll help you, but you increase it. You exercise it. You step out. You get the sword of the Spirit. You get the shield of faith, and you refocus your life. Without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God. Without faith. Let me tell you. Here's another news flash. We've talked about the end times all of our lives. Well, guess what? News flash, they're here. They're here. Um, I don't know where in the, in the process or schedule, but they're here. And God help us. I'm just going to tell you right now. Some of you are still young, and you're going to see things that right now you can't even fathom. And right now I'm seeing things that I cannot have fathomed years ago. Never in my wildest imagination when I came to this church would I ever have believed some of the things I'm seeing and hearing. Never. But we're moving away from Christ-likeness in this country. But where sin abounds, grace will much more abound. And so, yes, Christ could come back at any moment with all that's going on. But let me tell you right now, this is a picnic compared to the great tribulation. This is nothing. You think trying to take two days to find some toilet paper was something? Dear God, have mercy. Lawlessness will prevail. Total, complete lawlessness during the great tribulation. If you can't, you and I can't survive this. I don't believe Christians are going through the great tribulation, but before we hit that period of time and Christ takes us out of here, we may see things and experience things that only our faith in God will take us through. So God help us. God help us today to activate our faith. Here's what I want to ask you to do starting today, not tomorrow, starting today. I want you to listen to, preferably even read the Word of God. And maybe some of you haven't been in the Word in weeks. You can't even remember the last time you cracked a Bible or listened to a CD of the Bible. Can't even remember. I know sometimes in the morning when the staff read. I know that sometimes I'll read down and all of a sudden realize my mind has been wandering all over the place. And then I'm like, okay, God, help me. I go back to the start. Focus in. I'm going to, Lord, I'm going to focus in. I'm going to push this out. Let me tell you, you activate your faith 
and the Word of God is going to push out of your life all those toxins that have been there, even some since childhood. Bow your heads with us, please. Father, you sent your Son to die for the lost, and I thank you that since that time, an innumerable, as far as we're concerned, amount of people have turned to you. And in this building, there are many, most by far. And on the campuses, most, thank God, are believers. And those listening online, most are believers. But there may be some that still have the veil of blindness God, I pray right now your spirit would touch that person. And Lord, they may even be like the one that cried out, God, I don't even know if you exist. But if you do, come into my life. And I pray, God, that you would do exactly that. Those of you sitting here and at the campuses and online out in the atrium, if your life and your mind is veiled, you can't see. You're in darkness. You believe things about God that are not true because you're in disbelief and unbelief. You believe things about Christians that are not true because you can't see. But when you accept Christ and the veil is lifted, then you see why we do the, some of the things we do. You see why we love to give, love each other. Love everybody. You talk about racial barriers coming down. You give your heart to Christ. You'll love everybody. Everybody. That's intended, intended by the Holy Spirit within you. When I first came to Christ, I got saved, and there was a young man trying to steal my girlfriend. I had recently threatened him with a gun. And on the day after I got saved, I saw him coming toward her house, and I felt love for him. I thought to myself, if somebody knew that, they'd say, you're a fool. Yeah, fool for Christ now. Fool for Christ. So I challenge you, let Christ be the Lord of your life. That's the only way you're going to survive. Only way you're going to have peace in this world. And so I want to ask you to pray with me right now and all of you at the campuses online. Why don't you just pray with me? And those of you that this pertains to, you pray. So let's pray. Pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask your forgiveness. I ask you to come into my life. Change me, Lord. Forgive my sins. Help me, oh Lord God, to serve you and you only. Thank you for the faith that you're putting in my life. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God forever. Praise God forever. I pray any in this building that did that, you will follow through. And right now, and I'm going to dismiss you in just a few moments, but right now, there's putting a number up on the screen. If you gave your heart to Christ, why don't you just text SAVED to this number, 407-275-8790. It's on the screen. We're not going to send you text after text after text, you know, like others. No, we're not going to do that. 
uh, we're going to send you something that's going to help you on your journey. So God bless you richly. I encourage you to do that right now. And those of you online, if you need prayer, you can call that number. And there'll be somebody here that can pray with you or they'll get back with you and pray with you. So you can call it and somebody will be there to pray with you. Stand with us, please, all over the building. And I'm going to ask you this. If you want to, if you want to, these altars are open. I do believe there's something about stepping down to a place that's been dedicated and consecrated to surrender to salvation, to God moving in people's life. God can do it anywhere I know, of course. But thousands upon thousands have given their life to Christ in this space, at this front. I don't know how many have been healed, marriages restored in the first service. <clears throat> I saw a marriage broken that was being totally restored with tears. So you feel free to come to these altars. Or if you need to slip out and go, that's fine. God bless you. Walk in faith. Activate your faith. Get in the Word this week. Read it, read it, read it, read it. Listen to it. Let it impact your mind. Push out the toxins in Jesus' name. Lead us, guys. If you want to come to this altar, do so now. And you can slip out if you like. God bless you. Have a great, great rest of the day. I trust in you. I reach my hand.